Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton with former Milwaukee Buck Center, Paul McKeskey. Hey, more importantly tonight, since he's rocking that Detroit Pistons cap, former Detroit Pistons Center. That's right. Paul Mokeski, who had Isaiah Thomas as his point guard, uh, throwing it to him back in the day. What's going on, Big Mo? Good to see you, brother. Not much, man. Good to see you. Yeah, Isaiah was a rookie when I was there. You know, we, we weren't very good at the time, but we were in the process of getting better until they traded me <laughs> to the Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had, I, I had my best year. Uh, uh, that year with Pistons, statistically wise, and 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 you got traded after they told you, "Oh, Mo, don't worry about it. We got you covered, man. We're gonna be here." To get ready to buy a house. We bought our first house, and I was traded within. I don't even think we made our first house payment when we were traded. <laughs> That's, That's the business. That's life in NBA. Yeah, That's life in the National Basketball Association. Hey, hey! speaking of business, we've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, Mo. Uh, I want to start the evening off with, with news out of L.A. Uh, regarding the uh, Lakers star forward, LeBron James. Lakers have been playing better basketball of late, uh, making a move towards the playoffs. Had a great win the other night, coming back from 27 points down to win. But uh, that was a costly victory because LeBron James left with a foot injury, and there were reports tonight he could be out for a while. You, yeah. Your, your thoughts yeah. on the Lakers? You know they were making their move. They were six and four in the last ten games. Uh, just uh, uh, two games. No, they're two games out of the number two and a half games out of number six spot. Yeah, I mean, they made trades and, and got themselves better. They got better role players, more veteran role players, more talent coming off the bench. Um, uh, you know, they arranged their roster at the trade deadline so they could make a run. And uh, they were getting ready to. And they had a great comeback victory down 27, whatever all that is. And then, uh, you know, they got Anthony Davis back. Um, you know, the guys that they got in the trade were fitting in pretty well. And, you know, they can make a run, and uh, I think there's 21 games left. And you're looking at, you know, if you go, if you can win 16 or 17 of those, you're going to go up to like the sixth or seventh spot in the wild, wild west. And, and then, uh, unfortunately, in the game, late in the game, LeBron goes down and, you know, he, he got up, tied his shoe, got retaped and played, and they won that game because of the adrenaline was going for him. But when I saw him go down and I heard him mouth the words, I heard a pop. When you hear a pop uh, in your knee, you know you tore a tendon uh, or a cartilage. If you hear a pop and it's in your ankle, you probably uh, broke your ankle. If you hear a pop and you grab your foot, that means you probably broke a little bone in your foot if you hear a pop. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's what might be happening. I mean, <clears throat> I hope not. Um, but when you, when anybody says they hear a pop, that's not good. And I was really kind of surprised he went back in the game. Uh, but I'm sure 
after the game, they were in Dallas, and I'm sure every NBA arena now has an x-ray machine. Uh, and I'm sure they took an x-ray, and I, you know, they don't have MRIs, so they get that the next day after the swelling goes down. But, you know, that, that's not good news. Uh, you know, they said, you know, when you see them go back and play, you're like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, with the adrenaline flow and stuff, you can play. I've seen guys playing a broken ankle and whatever, and, but then when, it, when reality hits, you know, yeah. it's, it's, that's a tough break for the Lakers. Yeah. Well, if, if he's out for the season, I mean, there are 20, 20 games left, 21 games left for them. Uh, what are their prospects without LeBron? Not very good. <laughs> their prospects are ending up in 11th or 12th spot. I mean, which is that's where they are now. They're in the 12th spot right now, you know, and, you know, they're, but like you said, they're only three or four, three games out of the sixth spot, um, which is, uh, you know, not that far and, and makeable. And the other thing I heard before the game is some, somebody, some announcer said, yeah, but they play a lot of good teams. Well, guess what? Those are the teams you have to beat so you can overcome them. I mean, if, if you're playing teams that aren't in the playoffs, then, you know, you can't gain ground. Like, you win a game, they win a game, you can't gain ground. We used to call those games doublers. So if, if there's a team above you and you beat them, not only do you gain a game, but you gain a game, they lose a game. So it's like a double double whammy. So it looked like the, the schedule was kind of working out where they could make a run. But without LeBron, um, you know, they built their team around LeBron and AD, and, you know, you lose that one wheel, and you're going to limp into the playoffs if you make it at all. Yeah, yeah. And and the problem with those that they never can seem to get both of them on the court for any extended time. And, and, and LeBron, at his age, you know, he he's just not going to – I mean, clearly the guy keeps himself in – impeccable condition, but still it's a lot of miles on his body, Mo. And, you know, at his age, he's not going to come back like he did when he was 24, 25. Yeah, you can only, you know, you can stretch and lift and core work and all that stuff, but that does nothing for bones. So the way he grabbed his foot, he grabbed his ankle, he grabbed his knee, he grabbed his foot. And that means something in, in a bone, probably. And, you know, that that's only going to take time to heal. And, you know, you can't just, you know, stretch that out or ice that or whatever. It's, it's just going to take time. And, it, you know, I've been around a long time, and I've had five foot surgeries. So, you know, when he yeah. said that, and now that I hear what they're saying, I'm afraid, you know, with, with a month and a half left, I don't think he can come back. And... Even if so, I don't think they can make a run, the run they need. If they need to win 17 out of 22 games or 16 out of whatever that is, and he's not there for that, uh, not only can physically, but also emotionally, he put the pressure on his team at the All-Star game, right? He said, this is the most important 22 or 23 games of my career. So he put the pressure emotionally on his team to step up and play, and he was doing it too. But now he's out of the picture, not only uh, you know his points and his rebounds and his assists, but it's also his presence in and out, on the floor and in the locker room are missing. And you know I, I'm afraid that's probably you can probably put a fork in the Lakers for this season. Yeah, yeah. Hey, have you ever seen the 
a, a, a conference this tightly packed? No, I mean, not, not really. Not you know, you see it where there's three or four, maybe five spots, but I mean, you're talking about uh, six, seven spots. I mean, right. between five and six, uh, uh, you know, there, there's you know, everybody's so tight and. Really, if you look at the West, you know, we're talking about the Lakers in the West. Uh, besides Denver, who, who, I heard, who are you scared of? Who are you scared to play besides Denver? Memphis? No. Sacramento? No. Maybe Phoenix now. Clippers? Maybe. Dallas? No. Golden State? No. Utah? No. Minnesota? No. New Orleans? No. Portland? No. So, and all those teams are three games within each other, within three games of each other. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, is there any kind of dark horse you like um, in the West? Or it's just so wide open, you really? Well, I mean, it's not a dark horse, but actually, if you look at rosters, Phoenix, Phoenix has the best chance to, um, to contest with Denver and maybe the Clippers. Uh, we, we know Dallas got Luca, but they're one and three with him. I saw Mark Cuban holding his head the other day in a game. You know? yeah. and, 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 I, and I definitely want you to get in, give me your thoughts on them. But, but go ahead about Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix, it, you know, if, if you look on the, on the roster, I mean, you know, they, they got a big three, right? Aiden's averaging 20 and 10 or 11. And, you know, Chris, Chris Paul, you know, is, is getting older, but he's still performing. And Booker's one of the best scorers in the league. He's kind of, uh, you know, a different kind of Lillard. And uh, then you add one of the best players in the whole league and, and KD. I mean, you got to be a favorite, right? I mean, you know, I, I think they're in the fourth spot before they got him. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, no, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll move much up in the in the standings because KD's not even playing yet, and he's going to take time for him to get in the flow. But KD's the type of player that he's not the point guard. He's not a big that needs the ball. He can fit in anywhere. He can score from anywhere. He can post up and score mid range. He can score uh, pull up threes. He can score. He can bring the ball down if he need to. He can do everything, and he he's one of the most. He's one of the best players at blending in at that level I've ever seen. And you saw it uh, a year ago or whatever in the Olympics when he's playing with the best players, but he was the best player in the world, but he just blended in. He didn't force anything. You don't have to run plays for him. You know, he, he can rebound, he can defend. So, you know, if you're looking at the West, Denver with Joker, I mean, the game Joker had the other last night, and it's funny because you look at his arms and he's got all these scratches and scrapes on his arm. Um, you know, and Murray's healthy, uh, but they're not, Denver's not very deep. And really, when you look at Phoenix, they're not very deep. The deepest team in the West, okay, here's your dark horse if it is, is the Clippers. The Clippers are the deepest team in the West and with that kind of talent. So, you know, if, if they can get it together, you know, they're, they're in the fifth spot. Uh, they're three games out. They can make a run at SAC right now. I mean, it's kind of short, but... You know, Sacramento's three games ahead at, at the third spot. You know, I, I think the Clippers are right there because of their depth. And when you go into a seven-game series NBA playoffs, your depth is everything. 
Hey, hey Mo, let's talk a little bit about the Kings, man. They they kind of go under the radar. You know, it hadn't been a, a, a great franchise for a while. But the brother, they love to run up and down the floor. They're averaging 120 points a game. They give up 118 points a game. But uh, they, they are – the times I've watched them, they've been fun to watch. Their point guard, De'Aaron Fox, is really, really good. Uh, your thoughts on Sacramento, and it's, and it's kind of good to see them having such a, some success as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, they don't have any real superstars. You know, they have a really good point guard. They're young. They're athletic. Coach Brown really has them running and believing in themselves. Uh, but uh, I always thought – you know, you got to score baskets and, and at a high rate to win in the playoffs, but you also got to defend, man, because the playoffs slow down. You're not going to see those high scores like you are right now. Every game is important. Every possession is important. And the game naturally slows down and turns into more of a half-court game. And quite frankly, they struggle in the half-court. So, you know, I think I don't. it's a great season for them. Uh, I think they're third in the West. Uh, they should get a good seat. But the problem is, when you're third in the West now, you might end up playing, well, not anymore, but you would have played the Lakers with LeBron or the Warriors with Curry. So you could yeah. possibly leave, lose that first round. But I don't believe they've been in the in the playoffs for, I don't know, how many years? I, 15, I, 20? I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll look that up uh, throughout the, the course of the evening. But I think one guy who... Uh, he's just a really good player. I have no idea why the Pacers want to get rid of uh, Sabonis. Garrett is just 17, 18 points, almost 19 points a game, and 12 rebounds. He shoots 60%, and he averages seven assists a game for uh, Sacramento. I mean, I, yeah, I would have to look back. I think that was like a three-team trade or something to make something happen. But I think Indiana got a lot of draft picks. But, yeah, to me, Sabonis is the quintessential big now. He's only about 6'9", uh, maybe 6'10", if you stretch it. But he can shoot it. He can put it on the floor. He can pass it. He rebounds. He's tough. He can finish around the basket. So, you know, he, he's what, you know, a lot of teams are looking for in a big, I guess, um, in, in today's game. So I... It was mind-boggling that his name was thrown around so, you know, freely in the draft and, I mean, in the in the trade deadline uh, time. And he was traded. That I don't know why you couldn't use that guy. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't get that one either, man. That is the craziest thing. Sacramento, the last time they made the playoffs, 2006. A little, a little ways away. <laughs> They lost in the first round uh, of the uh, Western Conference Finals in 2006. That, I mean, you talk about a drought. That that might be the longest in the NBA. I, I will uh, I will look that up. But right now they're sitting in the in the number three spot. But you're right. It, it's fun, you know. As cool as it is to see them having a, a great year. They aren't gonna scare the pants off anybody. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you, 
if if you're looking, um, uh, you know, here here's the other thing. They're 18 and 12 at home, which isn't that great, and, and they're 12 and 19 on the road, which is okay, but they're not that great at home. So they're going to have home court, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, Phoenix is only three games away from them and taking that away. Uh, but I'm, I, you know, I'm here in Las Vegas, and if I had to play a place a bet on a first round Sacramento Kings series, I would bet against them. That's for sure. I, I would bet. I would bet on well, the Clippers for sure. Probably Dallas, Golden State, probably Utah, Minnesota. You know, maybe not New Orleans because uh, you know Zion. But I would. I would. You know. They might be a quintessential number three that gets bounced in the first round. Dang, man. You, you mentioned Zion, and that's, I mean, we talked about that story. Uh, he, he just can't, he just can't seem to stay healthy. I mean, wh what is it about some guys just can't, they just can't stay on the floor? The best well, ability, availability. We've talked about his body and his uniqueness. What makes him unique physically and how athletic he is also is leaves him susceptible, susceptible to injuries. Yeah, because, you know, he's 6'6". He has a Charles Barkley kind of body, but he jumps out of the gym. And, and when he jumps, guess what? When you jump, you've got to land. He yeah, just absorbs all that. Your ankles, your knees, your hips, and your back. So you know, so that's that's a problem. And you know, once that starts up, you know, I, being in a draft room, if you're drafting players, and I think he was hurt a lot of a lot, a lot of his last season in Duke, he was hurt, right? He hurt his back and was off and on. And you know, once that starts, that's a red flag to me because if you're hurt in a college season where you're only playing thirty something games. How, how are you going to survive an 82-game season plus playoffs? Yeah. In my mind, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Hey, when, when you were playing, when you run across these young guys that were jump, jumping out of the gym and, and all that, did you, I'm sure you would give them a warning that, you know, that's fine, but uh, hey, man. You know, when you did it, you did it in practice. These young guys are running around and dunking in practice. You're like, hey, man, you know, we got 82 games coming up, and guess what? I just laid it in, and you dunked it, and they're both worth two points. So, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. I, I, I hear you, man. Hey, uh, we, we're going to stay in the West before we go to the East. And, you know, the big, the big news a couple of weeks ago was Dallas's acquisition of Kyrie Irving, and uh, so far, no good. I can't say so far, so good. So <laughs> far, no good. They're one and three with uh, with Kyrie, and and when this move was made, and and it's still early, you, you could kind of see this coming, Mo. Why is this not surprising to you? Because you have your trade, you have two superstars, right? You, you have Luca already, who, was, who has been off and on as an MVP candidate for the league since the beginning of the season and also last year. And, and he's a guy that has to have the ball in his hands. He brings the ball down. He dribbles 20 times. 
he makes passes at the end of the shot clock. But he shoots tough, long shots and makes them. And he posts up. And he backs people down. So guess what? The ball's in his hands all the time. Now you add Kyrie, who, guess what? He has to have the ball in his hands. When he was in Brooklyn and it was Harden and, and Kyrie, who's going to be the uh, ball handler? Who's going to, well, you know, Harden said, well, it's Kyrie's team. And Kyrie's, because it doesn't fit. Five people on the floor have to fit and they have to do different things. Or you're going to bump heads. Okay, who, who's handling the ball now? Who's bringing it down now? Who's making the play now? One of the early games when they played together and they had the last possession of the game and they both handled the ball and passed the ball, they didn't even get a shot up. They lost the game. They didn't even shoot it because they didn't know who was handling, who's passing, where he is. And, you know, can Kyrie shoot? Absolutely. Can he play off the ball? Sure. But he's not used to it. He hasn't been doing it for 20 years or 25 or probably since he was in eighth grade. And same with Luca. So, so, you know, someone's going to have to adjust their game. And, you know, I said it a long time ago. I, when I was in the G League, it was amazing to me. I would bring in two really good players like that, and I would say, okay, I got really two good, really players. But the problem is when I put one of them off the ball, they became an average player. They didn't have the ball in their hands. They were just an average player. Like I had five other guys on my team. They're the same. So I put the ball, okay, I'll try the other guy. Put him off the ball and give this guy the ball. Well, he turned the other guy into an average player. So, you know, I just, <laughs> just you know, and also, um, you know, Kyrie has bounced around the league and there's reasons for that. He's rubbed people wrong in places he's been. He said stuff. Well, Luca is only 25 or 26 years, even though he's been in the league for a while. And he's very, very, very stubborn. And they both have egos. So at some point when stuff's not going right, they're going to have a little discussion, especially when they're in close games and, and uh, Jason Kidd is drawing up plays for the last shot. Well, who's going to get that last shot? We know how it went when Pippen got upset when, uh, when they drew up the last uh, shot for uh, uh, 22 coach. coach. So what do you think they're going to act like when, you know, when, when the, when the, when the thing hits the fan and we got to win a game, well, who's bringing the ball down? You or me? You know, I, well, I've always done it for my team. I've always done it for my team. So I just, I never think, I never thought that would work. And guess what? They're both very poor defenders, both of them. So that's and, and we kind of saw that the other night. They had the big lead uh, against the, 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 the Lakers, a uh, 27-point lead, in fact. And up until the other night, teams were – uh, 138 and zero when they had 27 point leads, and the Lakers came back to uh, to win that game. Uh, one 111, 108. Doncic, you, you look at you look at Luca and Irving's numbers from that game. Luca had uh, 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and Kyrie had 21 points. He had 11 rebounds and five assists. But they blew a 27-point lead. They lost the game. And here's the other thing about defense, right? If you have two guards, that, if you have a guard that can't defend, I mean, let's talk about I was in Dallas for five years. Dirk Nowitzki was on that team. One of the best players, best power forwards ever. He couldn't guard me in a chair. So, you know, but guess what? We could hide him on one of the not-so-productive players on the other team. You guard so-and-so, or you go guard so-and-so. 
But if you have too many of those guys, so if you have two guards that are poor defenders, guess what? You can't hide them. One of those guys is going to guard Lillard. <laughs> One of them has to guard Lillard. So, yeah. you know, that just adds to the, you know, the, the whole situation. Yeah. And and so they have now sunk to the uh, the sixth spot, the 32 and 30. And, and Mo, I, you know, they lose a couple of weeks. They lose a couple of games this week. They could fall all the way down to 12, 13. Gold, Gold State is a half a game behind them. Utah's one game behind them. Minnesota's a game and a half along with New Orleans. And Portland's only only uh, uh, two games behind them. So, yeah, you you lose another three in a row, you're going to drop from six down to 10 or 11. You're in the plan. Yeah. I, I mean, it. it is kind of – it, it, it is chaotic and hectic as all get out, but it's it's kind of fun to watch everybody uh, shifting shifting spots and and everything uh, over there. Any any anybody else in the West uh, you you want to touch on? Do we want to talk about uh, uh, Damian Lillard and, and Portland? Damian had a huge night the other night, seventy one points uh, for. Yeah, well, Portland's not going anywhere. They're in the 11th spot. They're going to stay in the 11th spot. Be 29, the and, 29 and 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 31. Yeah, so let's talk about Lillard when we talk about – we'll talk about that separate with scoring after we talk about the rest, right? Okay, okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, let's go east then, young man. <laughs> and uh, the, the Bucks are cooking. 14 and 0. I mean – 14 straight wins. Uh, they're now 43 and 17, just a half game behind Boston at 44 and 17. They are they are hitting that stride at the right time. What 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 have you seen during this win streak, Mo, with your old Bucks? Well, unfortunately, Giannis got hurt again, so he's out now. Right? He got hurt in the last game. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, but. Uh, they've been doing this run without really much without Middleton. Middleton's been coming off the bench and, and working his way in, but now Giannis is down, but they're deep enough to to uh, to absorb that. So really, if you look in the East, there's Boston, who's been there all season, and they have a, a really good, talented, and deep team, and made some good moves in the in the uh, trade deadline. The Bucks are right there with them, uh, and they made a couple. They picked up Jay Crowder. Uh, uh, in the in the in the trade deadline spot, and they're right there. And then Philly uh, with uh, Embiid, who's playing phenomenal. Harden's playing his role. Uh, so I, the East, unlike the West, the West is Denver, probably Phoenix, and everybody else. Uh, uh, in the East, there's Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and then probably everybody else. So yeah. you know, after them, you have the Cavs. You have the Nets who aren't relevant anymore. You got the Knicks who are always the Knicks. You got Miami who's always struggling. And then you have Atlanta who uh, is in the A spot, but and they just fired their coach. So uh, they brought in Quinn Snyder, who's going to try and change things up with that roster. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think if you look at uh, you know the best teams in the West, uh, you know when you look at their roster, their their Boston. Milwaukee and Philly, hands down, and and really Boston and Milwaukee. Because if you look at the rosters, 
And if, if you're going to win a seven-game series and make a run in the NBA playoffs, you better be really, really good. You better be really, really deep, and you got to be kind of lucky. That's how you win a championship. And if you're looking at Boston with Tatum, with Brown, Smart, Horford, uh, Derek White, Brogdon, they picked up Muscala, uh, Williams at center, Griffin, who's a big, you're talking about eight, nine guys. You look at the Bucks. you got Holiday, Giannis, Lopez, Portis, Allen, Middleton, Coddington, Crowder, Inglis, and a couple other guys. They picked up Myers Leonard, also another big. In Philly, you got Harden, Embiid, Harris, Maxey, and then you go down to, so that's four. Then you go down to Melton, Tucker, Milton, Niang. That's not what those other two were like. And then when you go to the other teams like uh, Cleveland and teams like that, they're even their benches are even weaker than than Philly. Yeah. So it's a two man race. Everything says solid. Jonas can tell it's a two team race out east. Yeah. Hey, when when you when you pair the uh, uh, the best of the east and the best from from the west, Denver. How how did you see them with Boston and? And they'll walk. Only they teams, or if only you were teams, ranking them, if you were ranking them, only teams in the West that can, in my opinion, can compete with Boston or Milwaukee, maybe even Philly, but, but let's leave them out. Boston, Milwaukee, only two teams in the West, uh, uh, depth wise and talent wise, that can compete with them are Denver and Phoenix. Those are the only two teams. And actually, Denver is not very deep. They have the Joker, they got Murray, Caldwell Pope, uh, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> uh, Porter Jr. And then they, you know, that's six guys. Then you go to Highland and uh, Reggie Jackson, guys like that. So they're not deep. They're not nearly as deep as Boston or Milwaukee, right? Just look at the roster. And you look at Phoenix, you got Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul, Katie. Hell, I'll take those four against any four. But the problem is now you got to fill in. You got Cameron Payne, you got Torrey Craig, you got Terrence Ross. Hello? That, that's that's not Portis, that's not Brogdon, that's not any of these guys. So really, you know, if all things say, you know, I, I rate, um, I'm going to rate my Bucks first because I want to. I rate Milwaukee as one, Boston's one B, uh, Denver's two, and Phoenix is three. Or maybe Phoenix three and Denver two, uh, four. Hey, hey, but Mo, and, and I think I know where you're going with this, but this is for our viewers out there and our listeners. And don't forget, you can catch this show on Believe uh, Sports Network. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. That's the Believe uh, Sports Network. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can get this show. Uh, Spotify, Apple, all those places. But... You always hear people say, you're just talking about benches, but but you hear people talk about when the playoffs come, you shorten your rotation. Yeah, you shorten your rotation to eight. Okay. Right? Eight. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so let, let's look at this, okay? Let's look, so let's look at Boston's eight. Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford, Derek White, who's averaging 12, 3, and 4. Brogdon's averaging 15. Mascala's averaging 13. What's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And then you, oh, then you got Williams uh, as the center. So that's their eight. Right? Now, Milwaukee, you got Holiday, Giannis, Lopez, Portis, Grayson Allen, Middleton, 
Cognitin, Crowder. That's their eight. Right? Now, with Denver, you got uh, the Joker, you got Murray, Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon, Porter Jr., there's five, and then you got Bruce Brown, Royce Jackson, and a couple others. So they, that doesn't sound like Brogdon or Muscala or Cognitin or Crowder, does it? I mean, yes. then you got Phoenix, you got Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul, KD, and put anybody else with them, and you got probably one of the best starting fives. Now you got Cameron. No, so I would put Cameron Payne in there. Now you got Tory Gray, Terrence Ross, Schmidt, the guard. That's the, yeah. the, does it match up to those other two, right? Yeah, I, I like Terrence Ross, but I, I get your point. Yeah, and that so that's that that can, that has to count for foul trouble, fatigue. And injuries, yeah, right. And uh, you know, I, I just in a seven-game series, you know, anything it's going to come now, into play. Yeah, but now injuries. I mean, okay, so uh, let's see if um, if uh, 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 Brown goes out for Boston, right? So something happens to him, God forbid. Now you got Tatum, Smart, Horford, Derek White, Brogdon, Muscala, and Williams still there. Let's say, uh, well, Middleton goes out for the Bucks. You got Holiday, Giannis, Lopez, Portis, Allen, Cognitin, Crowder. Let's say, uh, uh, God forbid, Aaron Gordon goes out for the for Denver, right? So now you got Joker, Murray, Caldwell Pope, Porter Jr., Highland. <laughs> See where I'm going with that? Yeah. Now let's say. You know, let's say in Phoenix, you got, let's say, uh, let's say for Chris Paul goes out. Now you got Booker, Aiden, KD, Tory Gray, Campaign, Terrence Ross. You know, so yeah. can you be, can you withstand some of those other teams? And that's where depth comes in place yeah. in the playoffs. And, and to your point early, earlier with KD, he fits in so easy that. You can play him with anybody. You can play with anybody. So let's say let's say this. So let's say KD gets hurt in the playoffs. God forbid. So Phoenix was still thirty-three and twenty-nine without him, right? Yeah. They still have Chris Paul, Booker, and Aiden, right? Yeah. So you know that that's where all that comes in, all that depth, and uh, you know youth. Doesn't bode bode well in seven game NBA playoffs the farther you get in the playoffs. So I'd rather I like experience, uh, flexibility of your roster, and depth and talent. Yeah, I mean, and as well as you should to win a NBA title, man, you you better have all bases covered. You gotta have, you gotta have good coaching staff. Great talent, good depth, and some luck. There you go. Speaking of coaching, uh, Quinn Snyder signed a five-year deal to uh, take over the Hawks. Uh, so apparently he has a five-year plan, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, if you have a five-year plan in the NBA, you'll be fired after three, so don't worry about it. Someone else will be able to pick up, pick up that plan later on, right? How, how long was McMillan there? Probably about three or four years, right? Right. 
what, what's your thoughts of uh of Snyder coming in? But but I I is this team is it more than just coaching this that's going on? That I, I well, just and we talked about Ford. They weren't never that good when they made their run to the finals, to the conference yeah. finals. Yeah, they had a decent roster that went in the first round and then compete in the second, but not in the final or East Finals. But but I mean, you know, uh, they've had problems. Uh, Trey Young had a problem with McMillan. Didn't show for a shootout. We talked about that last week. And uh, what's this other guy's name? Collins, right? Who was pretty much telling people that Nate McMillan was an old school coach that liked veteran guys and, you know, probably too rough on us. <laughs> you know? So, you know, so that's what you're dealing with. And here's one thing that I heard, I heard him say, you know, quote, like, uh, we need a guy that's more development of talent and stuff. Well, guess what? Guess what, uh, Collins? You just got one. Because Quinn Snyder, I've known for 20 years. I've coached against him in the G League, D League. Uh, uh, he's known as a development guy. Uh, you know, and you look at his, uh, you know, and, and everybody out there says, well, why do you retread this guy? Why do you, why don't you look for new guys? Well, guess what? If you want some, a coach to take over an NBA team, uh, they have to have a lot of uh, uh, knowledge, uh, a lot of uh, uh, credibility. Uh, you can't just throw anybody in. I mean, you know, no, you know, Darvin Ham's not, you know, he struggled a little bit with the Lakers. I mean, you know, so you got to think about that, but, you look at Quinn Snyder's resume, right? He was assistant coach with the Lakers at Duke in Philly, with the Clippers at uh, uh, CSKA Moscow, one of the top teams in Europe, in Atlanta. Uh, he was a head coach in Austin in the G League. He was a head coach in Utah for eight years, 636 and 372, not a bad record. And then he was a head coach at Missouri University for seven years. Uh, uh, at 126 and 91. So he has pedigree and he is a developer of talent. So, and he's talking about coming in and, and, you know, changing the mentality a little bit, but guess what? Players have to let you do that. And uh, I've known Quinn a long time, really smart guy. Um, and he can figure stuff out. If they will follow his lead, they will be successful. If not, then unless you trade Trey Young and whoever else out there, and guess what? Quinn Snyder is going to go along the same way as all the other coaches and, and be fired in three years. <laughs> hey, hey, Mo, I heard people, uh, when he got hired, I heard Tony Annas talk about the, the defense he likes to play. It's called drop coverage. I've never heard that term before, drop coverage defense. Any idea? Uh, I don't know that. I know the term. I know what that means. If, if, if I'm If I'm – Coaching the team, and uh, and I want my defense not to rotate. So they throw at the post instead of double teaming the post. I drop and and give a, like we call it half a man. I put my hand in his, you know, I, I kind of help out halfway. That's called drop uh, defense. So I guess that's what that refers to. But um, you know, you can call defense whatever you want, and unless the players want to do it, <laughs> it doesn't work anyway. You know, so <laughs> I, I would say drop defense to me would mean. Uh, a little more of pack in the paint and uh, less penetration, but then at the same time, you open yourself up for open threes by the other team. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, you know, I've learned a lot of basketball 
over the uh, past couple of years listening to you. The most simplest thing I ever heard you talk about defense, when the guy shoot, don't jump. Now, what, what did you tell When he shoots. Come on, I man. Sh- you got to write this stuff down, man. I said, you do, if you're on defense, you don't jump until the shooter jumps. Right. You don't sh- jump until the shooter jumps. Because if he ball fakes and doesn't jump and you're in the air, you get a foul. So I'm going to stand there and wait. And then when he jumps, then I can jump and contest it. Don't jump until he jumps. Hey, but pro- I see pros do it all the time no more. Yeah, it's called that's a, here's another term for you. We're, we're running them off the three point line. So when I'm running out to to contest a shooter at the three point line, instead of just chopping my feet and and contesting and containing him, I'm just flying at him. I'm flying at him and making him try to put it on the floor and, and drive to the basket. So your thought process is there is get him off the three point line, get him inside for a two, hurts you less than the three. So. Uh, and there's also flyby defense that we used to do in Milwaukee sometimes, where you would do that flyby a shooter and then just leave. And just go. And just yeah. go because now the shooter's shooting and he knows you're leaving. And now if he misses, the guy can, can rebound it and throw it all the way down and get an open lip. So, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different things. But, you know, don't jump till the shooter jumps. That's a good rule. Hey man, it sounds easy enough. <laughs> it's not. I told I told you the uh, we were playing uh, the Clippers and, and Sam uh, Sam Cassell, uh, you know one of the really Sam good I am. Yeah, oh, so yeah. a point guard that would post guys up, be strong, really smart, always fake the ball. So in my scout report for the Mavericks, stay down, do not go for his fakes. That was in this. That was in parenthesis bold letters, and uh, everybody knew it. We went through it, and then I'm, I'm, I'm sitting behind the bench, and he's playing, and uh, you know he gives one of the fakes, and of course one of our guys jumps before he jumps and lands on it, and he gets an and one, and he's going to the free throw line, and I, I yell out from behind the bench, "Stay down, go go for his fake," and he looked right at me and said, "Coach, they can't help it." <laughs> <laughs> Is that what snare? Is that what? Yeah, coach, they can't help it. They always go for my fake. <laughs> he made a career out of that little move, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I am. He he was uh, definitely one of the uh, characters uh, uh, of the game. Uh, sticking in the East, man, Miami, they are struggling, uh, Mo. Four and six in their last 10. They lost four straight. Jimmy Butler said he's tired of losing. <laughs> has the has the magic run out there? I mean, I mean they're just not a. I mean, they're just an okay team. Yeah, I mean they they had their run a couple of years ago, and then they fizzled out. They never did get a real legitimate big uh, for their roster, right? So they have Bam Adebayo playing the center, and he's a power forward, and that stretches everybody else around. And you know, it's. Uh, and they got off to a bad start, and you know you have the hero and uh, Duncan Robinson dilemma, and you know who do we play, who do we don't play, and you know it just never really gelled. And this is a real test for them to see how they bounce back. And I can see them making huge um, uh, adjustments in the offseason, uh, roster-wise, uh, to be legitimate. And you know Pat Riley and the Miami Heat are known for 
for doing those moves and getting people in. And, you know, a lot of players want to play in Miami. Just ask LeBron. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can see that happening over the season. But this year, you know, they're, they're, if, if they can win one, one a first-round series, I mean, what are they? I don't even know what they are. They're 32-27. Uh, so what spot are they in? I'm sorry, 32 and 29 now. They're, oh, they're in the seventh spot. Yeah. In the seventh spot. And of course, they got uh, Kevin Love in the fold now. Yeah, that helps them. So I think I think that'll help them a lot. <clears throat> also, I mean, you're looking at, you know, uh, so the seventh and eighth spot have to play up play to get the seventh spot. That's Atlanta. Hello. Right now. They're uh they're two and a half games behind the Knicks for the sixth spot. Um, so, and, and also the Nets, the Knicks and the Nets are tied for five and six. So, you know, uh, love could help them and maybe get up and get out of the playing, get out of seventh and eighth and get up to six or five. And then you never know, you know, they do have talent and they've been there before, so they can surprise someone in the first round. But other than that, you know, if you're looking at them trying to beat Philly, Milwaukee or Boston, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Hey man, you you mentioned the Knicks. We had, I don't know if, if we've talked about the Knicks very much this year, but they're 82 in their last 10. They've won five straight. And the Knickerbockers are sitting at 35 and 27 in the sixth spot, actually tied with Brooklyn, uh, uh, essentially for the uh, fifth spot. Uh, your, your thoughts on the Knicks and Brooklyn? Meanwhile, Brooklyn's three and seven in their last ten, so things haven't gone too well since the big trades of of, of uh, Kyrie and and Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, once again, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and then you put the Cavs in there. Really good, good starting five. Youth length, really love their length. Uh, but then there's everybody else. Nets are going to drop. They traded KD. They made their moves. They're going to drop. Knicks, Miami, and Atlanta may be fighting for that spot. But either one, I mean, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're looking at if, if you're the if you're the fifth spot. If the Knicks are in the fifth spot, you're going to play the Cavs, and you'll probably lose that one. Uh, if you're in the sixth spot, you're going to play Philly. You'll probably lose that one. So, yeah. So if you're in the seventh or eighth, you're going to play the Bucks, Boston. So you're. You know, you're going to be done in the first round, but it'd be nice to get a first round in, in the garden. So there you go. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. Hey, uh, and I got to show Toronto some love, though. They're currently 30 and 32 in the ninth spot, but they're seven and three in the last 10. They, they've really been playing better basketball uh, of late. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they had a great run a few years ago and won it all. And, but it's kind of been a downhill slide since then. And, uh, you know, but they're fighting a battle. And they're, they're, you know, there's tiers in the NBA. There's the top tier. There's a playoff tier in the middle. And then there's a bottom tier. So they're in the middle tier. And uh, one quick note in Chicago, we talked about injuries early. Alonzo Ball is, uh, they, they just shut him down. He will not play again this year. And it's really been a disappointing season for the Bulls. Yeah, injury injuries and you know injuries can uh, you know just tear a team apart, <clears throat> and they did because 
early in the season, we're talking about the Bulls being a top four seed, right? And yeah. Move on up and then. Yeah, DeMar Rosen. Yeah. That's that. They're so they're at the 10th spot or no, they're at the 11th spot. So, you know, so they're pretty much, uh, you know, uh, touching it in and see what kind of draft pick they can get and start over again like a lot of teams. <clears throat> Hey, well, let's let's keep moving, Mo, because we we I I, I want to talk to you before we get out of here. Uh, something I heard on the radio today that I just tripped me out about Zach Eady, the Purdue big seven four center. But before we do that, uh, Dame Lillard had a seventy one point game uh, the other night for Portland. I mean, that's a lot of baskets, man. I think he was thirteen or twenty two from the three. Uh, Doing that game, your, your thoughts on Dane and 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 do those do, do those big scoring games excite you? I guess if you win the game, it's exciting. But your your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, he won the he won the three point contest, right? Yeah. So you look at in his history and his career. I mean, the guy's a lights out shooter from deep. I mean, if you watch, I watch ESPN where. He, he made 13 threes, right? That's 39 points, right? But the, <laughs> but the thing was, he he made one, like, one dribble across half court and made it and switched it, like, no problem. And most of his threes were deep, deep threes. So, I mean, the guy can – and then uh, he even – he put an ex exclamation point on it at the end where he drove and dumped it, too. I hadn't seen him dunk in a long time. So, you know, he was feeling it. And, uh, you know – it's 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 really great to see, but it's also kind of depressing to see that. I don't want to say this, but you know he's stuck in Portland. I mean, you know he he, he you know he all you know he wanted to be loyal, and they gave him a lot of money. And he's being loyal by staying there, but man, you, you know what what are they, eleventh spot or whatever? And you know he's got uh, Portland. I think they're twelfth spot. Yeah, so I mean, it's like you know, and all that talent, and uh, you know. You see it really more on the team USA. Yeah, they're 11, 11. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, but I mean, I want to put this in perspective, right? Okay, so everyone's going crazy. Number one, he had 39 points off of threes, right? So if you take away threes, that's minus 13 points. He scored 58 points. So that's when you talk about the old guys playing, right? And when you talk about the old guys, there's only seven, besides him, there's only six other players in the NBA that have scored 70 points or more. In 75 years, only six, right? Uh, Booker in uh, Phoenix has done it. He scored 70 points. He was 21 for 40, and he, and he made four threes, only four threes, which is pretty different, you know? Uh, David Robinson had 71 points, not one three. Elgin Baylor had 71 points, not one three. David uh, David Thompson had 73 points, and uh, uh, he was 28 for 38 in that Dang. game. I mean, 28 for 38. Kobe had 81. Kobe had 81. He was 28 for 46. He almost took 50 shots, um, and he made seven threes. But let's talk about my goat, the guy that I is on. You, you can argue all you want about Michael Jordan and Kobe and all that stuff and LeBron, but come on, man. Come on, man. Will Chamberlain is the GOAT. No question. End of story. Shut up. 
So <laughs> Will, Will Chamberlain scored 70 points six times. Six yeah. times. More than all the other guys combined. Six times. Yeah. He scored 100 points, oh, by the way. 100, yeah. right? He scored that. He scored 60 points 32 times. 60 Come on. Points. Come he on. He scored 50 points 118 times. He scored 50 points 118 times. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not even close. But let's move on. <laughs> the, I mean, that's... Come on, man. That's end of story. Stop argument. End of story. And not only that, but he averaged 30 rebounds in a season. He blocked 25 shots in a game. He he let he's the only center that led the league in assists for a season. Joker might catch him on that this year. Hey, you know what? Speaking of centers, and uh I I, I want to put this guy up here. I, I'm down here in uh, the Tampa area, listening to the sports talk show. The guys talking about basketball. I don't know, don't even know who the guy was. He, but he mentioned the fact that he thinks Edie is a really good uh, Zach Edie of the uh, Purdue Boilermakers, seven four center, is a really good player. But he was saying the way the NBA is played today, he wouldn't be surprised if he's not a first round draft pick and. Mo, I, I, you know, I watched this guy, and, and I got tape of him here. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's seven four, three hundred pounds, got a good build, um, can block shots as you see here. Great hands. Uh, he, he shoots seventy five percent from the free throw line. He shoots sixty one percent from the field. Uh, he averages twenty two points, thirteen rebounds, and almost two assists a game. Um, he moves better than people think. Um, and, uh, but the guy is not wrong of the way the NBA thinks now. They're all into seven foot skinny guys that, you know, uh, 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 6'10, 6'11 Joker guys that can play like that, uh, Giannis's and Beads, um, you know, and they forget that these type of players like, like Zach Eddy can play and, uh, you know, he, he's got a high basketball IQ. Here's the other thing. I watched something on him the other day. He grew up in Canada. He grew up as a pitcher in baseball and playing hockey. Can you imagine that guy on skates? He played hockey. <laughs> so, so he developed his physical and his coordination by playing other sports like we all used to do back in the day. And the bottom line is he can catch. He keeps it up. He can finish. He's got a great touch around the basket. He's got a right-hand hook, a left-hand hook. He can pick and roll and go to the basket. So I don't know, uh, you know, if you know what NBAers are thinking about now. But if he's not a first-round draft pick, I'd be really, really sad and, and you know, kind of upset uh, because you know the problem is their thinking is at Purdue they really feed him the ball. That's what their offense is made around. It's made around him, giving him the ball in the post, giving him the ball at the elbow. Uh, and he's very effective there. In the NBA, he's going to be a role player. He's not going to be uh, a superstar. So he's going to have to learn how to pick and roll, pick and short roll. For you guys that don't know that out there, the thing in, in basketball now is you pick instead of rolling all the way to the basket, you roll into the paint so you can catch it and actually kick it out for shooters. So he needs to learn how to do that. If I was with him right now, I don't know what his shooting range is, 
Um, I think he has a great touch from the free throw line, good form. Um, and I think he could stretch it out to 20 feet for a start. And then just like Brooke Lopez did, stretch it out to the three. And then you can have more uh, uh, value to an NBA team. And I think he can do that if someone's working with him. And, and when you're that big, you don't have to shoot a, a three-point jump shot. You shoot a three-point set shot because no one's coming out on you. Yeah. So, and you shoot it so high. And, you know what? So I, I I got I got I got to drop this in there, cause he he's got the big bone drop step. He's got the big bone drop step for sure. <laughs> well, I think uh, you know I, I did it a few times. Um, you know, I just just using your body and getting offensive rebounds and you know taking charges. Uh, probably didn't get that call because it was magic. Maybe it was at home. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and offensive rebounding and putting it back, he, he's and he's bigger than than, than I am. Um, you know, so I think you know he, he can be an effective uh, player in the post. And you know, you got to look at the history of the game, right? So, you know, he's kind of a there's the, the drop step hook right there. You know, you, you probably had to look through twelve years of. Uh, footage to get like five plays. Of why, why don't guys not shoot that shot anymore? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's mind boggling to me, but you know, good block there, Mo. Yeah, doing a block and, and starting to break the other end. That was at the end of a playoff game. Uh, being able to make free throws. Um, you know, he shoots seventy five percent from the free throw line. This is this is against Boston in the playoffs. That that ties up the game with four seconds left, I think. And uh, I think Big Lukey jumps in my arms. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's one of my favorite. Uh... <laughs> but like, like if, I didn't if, know Lukey could jump that high. First of all, Mo. <laughs> yeah, he, he caught me. That's, he, I caught him. That's what happened. <laughs> There's your photo right there. <laughs> but anyway, so I would look at him. I would look at you know. You look at he's kind of between a Brooke Lopez and a Yao Ming. I mean, you know, Yao Ming was seven six, uh, you know, from China, played for the Rockets, and he, um, you know, he he averaged nineteen points and nine rebounds. He was a six time uh, All NBA player at seven six, and uh, you know he's in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. you know he's kind of you know Zach Eddy is kind of in that mold, and then. Uh, and then maybe a, a hybrid, like if you compared me to what I would be now playing in the league, it's more like Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez came in the league uh, being a low post player, one of the best in the league, by the way. Hook shots, drop steps, jump shots, create contact, get three-point plays. Brooke Lopez can do all that. Um, yeah. and, but now he's learned how to shoot the three, so he stepped out there. So if I'm an NBA team, I'm looking at he's, he's a hybrid uh, Yao Ming and Brooke Lopez, and I gotta find a way to be able to use him because he can block shots, he can rebound, and he has good hands. But it's, it's got it's got to be a place for him. But the fact that I hear you tell me that what the guy said on the radio today is is not doesn't sound as crazy as it should says a lot about where the league is today. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking, you know. And people have told us before, there's 30 team NBA teams, right? The highest level in the world, 30 teams, a billion dollar business. Milwaukee Bucks just sold for $3.5 billion. But I'm telling you, a lot of those teams, maybe half those teams, the front office 
player personnel, people, you know, they're, they're, some of them, you know, don't make the best decisions. And they, they think about analytics or uh, some of this stuff or what a guy can't do. How about what he can do? Yeah. How about, how about he's big, he can block shots, rebound. Look at Brooke Lopez. Look, Brooke Lopez came into the league as a low post shot blocking center. And now look at him. Without him on the Bucks, they don't win a championship. I don't think they will. So why don't you look at him like that? Yeah. And, 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 and man, that's such a good point. More coaches to coach to the strength of their players. This guy does this well. So we got to kind of emphasize this because so, he doesn't do this well. I would, if I was in that draft room, I would ask my general manager, my owner, and my head coach, and whoever else would listen to me. I say, let, let me let me ask you this: Would we want Brooke Lopez on our team right now? Everybody yeah. would say yes. yes. What team in the NBA would want Brooke Lopez on their team? Every Everybody team would say yes. Every team. Then I would say, well, he's taller than Brooke Lopez. Uh, he's bigger on the basket. He's as good a shot blocker as Brooke Lopez. He moves just as well as Brooke Lopez. He's not the fastest guy in the world. This guy can move like that. He, yeah, he moves well. So, you know, now can he shoot the three? We would have to we would have to see that in workouts. Let's bring him in for a workout. Let me see. Let me see if he can pick and pop and hit a 20-footer. Let me see that. But if he can, then why wouldn't we invest in that, a good draft pick, you know, end of the first round on him and work with him and put him in the G League if we have to? And see if we can have we could we could create a Brooke Lopez that's seven four for for years to come. Yeah. Why won't we do that? That's that's what yeah. I would say. No, I tell you, brother, I, I love sitting down and chopping up with you about this great sport of basketball. Always informative, uh, always fun. Uh, another great hour. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, you can catch this show on the Believe Sports Network, BLEAV.com, and anywhere you get your uh, podcast. Mo, we got to get out of here, brother. Yeah, we're going to tell everybody thanks for listening. Thanks for checking in. Check us next week. We're going to talk more NBA as the playoff picture becomes uh, more solid. And we're also going to start getting into the NCAA. Uh, March Madness because league tournaments are coming up this weekend. Um, the uh, seeding is going to be in two weeks, and I love March March Madness, man. Uh, seeing my Jayhawks make a run, but seeing who the Cinderella stories are, there's always one or two, and yeah. the excitement and joy that college basketball can bring because we we love this game. We love it on the pro level, and we love it on the collegiate level. Absolutely. For Paul Mokeski, I'm Rick Hampton. Good night, everybody. See you next week. Peace, Mo. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.